What does it look like when you have totally unregulated, uninhibited, free to speak conversations with people? When you feel so totally comfortable in your environment and with whom you're speaking that you can just hash out ideas. You can break out into yelling. You can argue, you can debate, you can laugh, you can joke, you can have fun in it. In tonight's episode of Totally Rad, Seriously Lame, I'm going to sit and do a crossover with my brother-in-law, Danny. We'll sit and we'll have a discussion. We'll see where it goes. We'll let it bunny trail. We'll have fun. We do these regularly, and we have a blast. So, get your beverage of choice, sit down with us, and hopefully enjoy our just crazy brains as we go through our time sitting, hanging out together tonight. All right, so you're joining us in the middle of the conversation. In fact, I am beer number three in. Um, so far, I've had the uh, Unita Hopnosh IPA, Tangerine IPA. It's really good. Um, all these can Tangerine be found at... so good. Right? All these can be found at Publix. Um, the Sam Adams Rebel IPA, which is, uh, I think, a good go-to for an IPA. And then I'm on the Dogfish 90 Minute at the moment. Uh, we've been going for about three hours now, two and a half hours strong, um, just enjoying ourselves. I'm here with Danny. We'll be, <laughs> we'll be uh, splitting this one up into parts. I'm sure it's going to take a lot, so I'm going to manage this the best that I can. We're in the middle of talking about um, marketing just now, and Danny had a point. He said, uh, as he was listening to the last live show that we produced over at SMS, he said, um, any... What do you say? Any salesperson can become a marketer. But Not every marketer can become a salesperson. Um, and his, uh, it, I guess it stopped me dead in my tracks. I said, no, Danny, that's not true. I believe it's the same on either foot. Any salesperson become a marketer. Any marketer become a salesperson. We started hashing this out, and as we got into it, we realized something. And this is totally, by the way, if I can bunny trail for a second. This is totally um, common in every conversation Danny and I have. This like he means bunny trails. Yeah, bunny trails and like this disconnect of like personality, like an under like a misunderstanding in personality is at the root of every conflict, and we have lots of conflicts. If you don't have a like, if you never had like a genuine conflict with someone that you really care about, you don't understand that there can be like absolute resolution on the other side of that. I don't think you understand debate until you've had a good conflict with somebody that you really appreciate that there is zero hurt feeling behind whatsoever. Zero. Zero hurt feeling. I can scream and yell at Danny and vice versa, and we can both walk away feeling good about it. And that's really special. Uh, feeling all right, to, to be fair. Well, I feel good about it. <laughs> <laughs> Personality differences, folks. Probably. Again, difference in personality. <laughs> Well, I feel great. No, I hate your life. Whatever, I'm going to go home and go to sleep. So, uh, we got to this point, 
and we were kind of debating it a little bit. Didn't quite understand each other's per, uh, point of view about it. And I said something that Danny thought this is a good point. He he succeeded that one. I won the war, I guess. He totally won the war. And the point was they are opposite sides of personality points, right? So the point was legitimately. So marketers are very specifically I I akin them to engineers, right? They're very logical. They think this way. These systems or science to it. Data. Data is what life said. And I went, yes, absolutely. And he akin salesmen to artists because there is an art to it. It's not this thing that is, if you do A, B, C, and D, which is what I tell life all the time. I'm like, if you do A, B, C, and D, it doesn't equate to E. It always equates to Z, which is like, the dude just decides to do what he wants to do. So you need intuition. So you need intuition, right? So art versus science, which marketing is science, sales is art. And it's this really hard concept for me to get because I am personality type and scientifically speaking, I'm a science dude. I'm like, yes, I think like an engineer is what I told him. And I'm like, and you are a very artistic person. He's a very good salesman. He can sell you on almost anything because he's intuitive in that sense. He has learned to be scientific. I'm on the opposite side of that spectrum, and we were talking about that and how that has really benefited me when I got it because I'm a very analytical dude. I'm very scientific. I think things in detail as opposed to the overall theme. I think things in very specific. Semantics mean a lot to me, and that was this big deal. This was the point I said, you need to podcast this podcast this right right now i'm just so beyond myself right now i'm like energetic and like i can't think about it right now he's also four beers in four beers regardless it was this point that said no it's a learned behavior for me to be artistic to be you know intuitive to think through those things and it's made me a better person a better salesman a better thing and that's something to think of so Follow us on our next episode. Thank you. So our previous section, we were talking about um, being analytical versus um, intuition, right? So analytics versus intuition, these things we're talking about. And I was saying how I'm very analytical and I am this very scientific, very detail-oriented, thought-processing person. I think in semantics. My father, who is also a semantic person, by the way, looks at me and goes, you are dealing so much in semantics, this is crazy. And I go, no, semantics make the world. So I'm this dude, right? I think this way. Um, that's life, what I said earlier. That's literally what life has said earlier. Um, life brings out the generality, the theme. And I was in Marine Corps Intelligence, and we had these two thought processes. It's tactical versus strategic. Tactical is in the moment. It's in this ground level, this literally... You know, four-man team, how do they work, thing. And versus strategic is the big picture. Um, life thinks thematically, which is strategic. He thinks overall, what is the big picture? And he has had to learn how to be tactical. How do you know that? How do I know that? Because I know you. I've watched your mm. progression. No, I've watched your progression. But, okay. Okay. I've, well, watched can you... how, I've watched how you were when, like we were talking earlier, how you said, you know, I used to be the guy that said, oh, no, I can get ready in five minutes to where you said, no, that makes way less sense because that's a tactical thought. 
I can get ready in five minutes. Whereas the process of me getting ready and then my wife getting ready and then us both getting out of the house. And now that you have Indy getting out of the house on time to get there, that's a, a strategic thought process, right? That's a big picture thought. I can't imagine what it's going to be like when Story's here either, by the way. Crazy. Anyways, my point is this. There are compliments to each other, but when you realize how to work within... Okay, so funny thought. We've been watching Avatar, and the hardest element in... So Avatar is earth, air, um, earth, air, wind, fire, right? So these four elements that you... Try again. Earth, air, wind, and fire. Say it again. Oh, I said earth, air, wind, fire, didn't there I? There you go. Earth, air, water, fire is what I meant to say. There you I'm go. Four beers in, by the way. I'm about to go five. However, um, earth, air, water, and fire, four elements, right? So it's this concept of... The Avatar is an airbender. He naturally exists in this air movement. What's the counter to that? It is Earth. I was just watching this episode today. Just watching it today. We didn't even talk about this until just now. It's this concept of not a compliment, but a contradiction to what I do. What is what is air? It's fluid. It's movement. It's passive. moving. It's passive. It's not aggressive. What is Earth? It is standing, it is firm, it is non-moving. It's not going to move no matter what you do with air. And the hardest thing for Aang in this show is to learn how to earthbend because it's not his natural thing to do. Fire and water kind of move like air. He can see those natural progressions. He can't see it in earthbending. I'm sorry, I'm going to pause you for a second there. Absolutely. For anybody that's confused... Uh, when they heard him say Aang, if you're only familiar with the M. Night Shyamalan, uh, oh it, was, it was Ong, which obviously is the right way to pronounce it in spite of the TV show, which was American Made, pronounced Aang over and over again. Apparently it's still supposed to be pronounced Ong. But there was an entire TV show before that movie. Regardless, the point that we're getting to here is... This character had to learn to maneuver within the structural concepts of earth bending, they call it, which is where they can maneuver earth in a physical form. He had to learn to operate within those principles, which is the same thing that we do in life. But that's Go ahead. But that's the point, right? That's the point. It's life. Like that's it's the point of of even this now, right? Like what you're talking about is having to learn to operate outside of things. Because what happened was Danny kept saying over and over again that uh, it's easy for a salesperson or marketing, but not vice versa. And that was because Danny is a data-driven person inside of sales. So uh, all that being said... Danny didn't really understand that that was his perspective. He didn't get that. And I think that's just so reflective of, like, our condition in life regardless, right? Like, we often stand from this position of it's, – it's egocentricism, right? Oh, yeah. Right. Like, we, we think that, like, we're the hero of the story, of every story. <laughs> like we were talking earlier. Yeah, exactly. And so we operate from this position. We think that everybody does as a result. That this is just like standard normative stuff. Yeah. But it's yeah. not, right? 
like you are a data-driven person inside of sales. Therefore, you think any salesperson can learn marketing because marketing comes a little more naturally to you. And that's the hard part, right? Because, but, yeah. Because sales, I don't mean to cut you off. Yeah. So sales, they talk about, they use statistics. They use data. They use these things that are literally marketing to drive sales, right? And what does marketing do but drive sales? And you don't realize it's marketing until you really get to talk with a marketer who goes, no, that's what I do. Like, I literally do what you're talking about. Those statistics are because of what I've done. And you go, wow, that's crazy. I never understood that. And I've been in sales for almost five years now. No, more than five years. Way more than five years, actually. Almost seven years. Um, my father's been in sales for 30. And I think if we both sat down and talked about it, we still the collectively wouldn't come to this conversation, this understanding that that marketing drives sales because of the statistics, the data, the understanding of where they're coming from, what they're doing. Reliability in sales. Right? So this what we call a lead, right? So the individual who comes in and says, yeah, I'm going to buy this product or I'm going to do this thing or whatever it is. That's only generated because we have really, really, really good marketing. And that's hard as a salesman over the last seven years to sit back and say, to say, yes, the only reason I'm good at what I do is because you, Life, who works for a marketing firm, is good at what you well, and I'm an intuitive person. I'm probably more salesperson than I am marketing. And I'm more marketing than Although, sales. in all fairness, I'm a content person. I make pretty looking things. He says pretty, and he means pretty. They're gorgeous looking. That's what I do. But there's a human connection that's involved in that, and so there's a bit more intuition involved there. Mm -hmm. Therefore, you know, my... Uh, lead at work, um, the uh, actually I don't know Matt's title, CFO, Chief Creative CEO. Officer. He calls it, it's been it's changed a few times. But he's a CEO. Yeah, right. Legitimately, like the guy that owns the company, Matt, like who hired me. I love the, I love him to death. Um, Matt's Fantastic amazing. Fantastic human being. And he uh, every person there is, and he. Uh, uh, I lost my train of thought. I told you this would happen. CEO. Um, you were talking about Matt being less, or, uh, oh my gosh, I want to say influencing, but that's not the word. Intuitive. Okay. Sales. Sales versus marketing. So, Matt has always seen this in me. That's it, right? Yeah. Like, we've, I've had, you know, interview videos that I've done with people, and he sat in and just listened, and... We get done with it, and the person leaves, and Matt goes, you're a really good salesperson. And I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about. I hate sales. I would never do it. But I, I know that I use the language all the time. I'm like, yeah, I sold this person on this thing, whatever it is. Because it's intuitive. So I'm more of an intuitive person. But like hearing this from Danny, I'm going, well, no. Like I think equally I have the opportunity to learn um, myself marketing as like you do sales. Mm -hmm. But Danny wasn't seeing that. That was the point was like, like that's what brought all of this about, you know, almost 15 minutes later now, is that we uh, we were looking at it from different perspectives where I was seeing like the potential in both to happen, but I am, you know, an intuitive person like learning marketing and trying to learn marketing. 
Danny goes, oh, well, anybody can learn marketing. Not everybody can learn sales. That's not that's not what it means. What you're interpreting is not what it means. And that's data versus intuition inherently. And it goes both ways. And, like, that's really critical. This. So I was just talking to life, and I was saying, like, this whole podcast needs to be podcasted. So Anchor limits you to five minutes per segment. We were talking, and I was saying, this whole concept, if I would have heard this five years ago, six years ago, whatever it was, when I started in sales, this idea that there is intuition versus data versus detail, right? So intuition versus detail. Mm -hmm. Intuition versus information, right? So you want an eye for eye, right? Yeah. This understanding that I know how to... And I don't want to use the word manipulate, but manipulate. I want I know how to control a situation based off of human emotion versus I know how to control a situation versus off of human information uh-huh. is different. I'm a human information person. And when I say and when I use you mean logic, you personally. What? You mean you personally. When I, I mean per, me personally, right? So I think that way. So when I use logic or I use understanding or information in a way that I understand it and someone else doesn't understand it the same way I do, it's hard for me. I don't understand where they're coming from. I go, I don't get it. Yeah. Life is intuitive, right? So he isn't operating on a different spectrum. He goes, no, I get where you're coming from. Let me explain this point. And usually it takes life about seven or eight times of explaining the same point over and over again in different ways for me to go, no, I get it, because you've given me enough data for me to compile a point. Oh, fairness, I'm trying to continuously flesh out where you're coming from as I'm doing that. So Correct. it's like, it's like yeah. weighing out like arguments against you. Right, like I'm, I'm throwing these arguments at you, seeing what sifts through. No, absolutely, absolutely. I think that's what is what part of what makes our relationship strong. Yeah, it's part of what makes us able to sit here and talk about these things and go over these things and say, yes, we're both going to get something out of it because yeah. we're both sitting here willing to talk about it. Yes, um, which is a big conversation point for both of us is saying. This is what the entire earth needs to do, but that's a point for later. Sure. Um, <laughs> it's a point for every point. Sorry, guys. Um, however, my point is this. I was telling him, I said, if I would have understood that I was a data-driven human learning to be intuitive five years ago, it would have changed the way that I looked at and thought about Sales it would have changed the way that I looked at and thought about what I was doing, how I approached things, um, legitimately how I learned. And I'm kind of, I don't want to say upset, I'm saddened that it's taken me this long to figure this out. The best things are, though. You know what, and you know what, the best things are not, they're literally there's no value to them if they're easy. All right, that's my that's what I mean. I think is that if you were given this information, even in a podcast five years ago, would I have viewed it the same? Exactly. No. Like, would it have meant anything to you, or would you have just Absolutely. brushed it off? And to be fair, guys, the way that we got to this point was I was talking about podcast in general, which we're doing right now. But I said 
um, we were talking about a friend who actually works with a guy that we listen to a podcast about. It's called The Thinking Fellows. It's great. It's phenomenal it, if you're religious. Great podcast on theology, theology. Lutheran doctrine, Reformation doctrine. It's Our, fantastic. One it's of a, every run I go on, The Thinking Fellows is on. A very good friend of ours just got a job at the same location as one of the individuals on the podcast. And in, he his works, in his department, works with him. Life just told me again, probably for like the 17th time, to be fair. And I was like, oh my god, I just understood this. This is crazy. Um, the point being is I said, no, that literally that podcast revolutionized the way I look at podcasts. Because life has been telling me for a long time, no, this, this, and this. And I said, literally the reason I look at podcasts and I listen to them versus music is because I understand the value of that. I understand the value of information. And that's what I was getting at is if I would have understood this value five years ago, my life would be radically different. So I want to continue that conversation in the next episode. You're so weird about that. It doesn't matter. What? So we were talking about, and I was telling my brother-in-law life, hear a story about how a roach ran down my arm when I picked up a bag on my counter. So to be fair, I have a, uh, I live in a, uh, what would you call it? Uh, triple wide? Yeah, I was like, I don't even know what you would call it. Uh, triple wide? My kitchen extends out from the rest of this quote-unquote trailer. Yeah, it's like a trailer home home. Yeah, it's a mobile home. So, it's But not... A mobile. I think my grandfather's mobile home, which is like like pretty small and pretty rickety feeling. You walk into your house and it feels like a house. My house is a house. It legitimately is a house. It's been completely renovated to the point where like they spent way more money on it. They probably should have. Um, I live where my in-laws lived, and it was their home for 20 years. So I understand where they came from with it. Um, fantastic home. I love the fact that I live there. It's where I met Audra. It's where I met Marlena. The first time ever in the history of our meeting, I met her and I saw the back of her head as she ran into her room, which is now my son's room, by the way, um, because I was friends with her sister at the age of 15. Crazy story. We'll talk about that later. However, I picked up my um, computer bag, right? And this roach ran, and I didn't see it, didn't know anything of it. All I did was feel it, and it ran down my arm through my shirt. I felt it. I was like, man, that felt really weird. I was just telling him, um, and I saw this thing, and it was on the bottom of my shirt, and I smacked it off, and I was kicking all around, and I crushed the thing on my tile floor. My wife was laughing at me, and I was like, F you, this is bullcrap, da-da-da-da-da, how dare you laugh at me over this moment that I was freaking out. She goes, no, I get it, that's crazy. I'm like, and I'm not afraid of roaches, it was just a really uncomfortable moment. And I was telling life that I told her this, and she was like, no, I'm not even mad at you for saying the F-bomb, because I totally did. I was like, F you, blah, 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 blah. Like, how dare you laugh at me over this moment? And she was like, I just find it funny, this. And then I ended up laughing at the end of it, too. And it was this really candid moment within our relationship. We've been married for almost six years now. We have two kids, another one on the way. Um, we've been through a lot. We've been through loss in the family. We've been through, and I know this is going to be really heavy, um, infidelity on my end. Um, for stupid things and stupid reasons, but we've been through a lot, we've grown a lot, and we've come out the other side stronger for it. And so it was this really weird moment because she doesn't curse, and I curse. She's like this super Pentecostally Christian person, and I'm a 
pardon my expression, a fucking Marine. Right? So, like... <laughs> this very kin... Kin moment. I have to mark explicit on this podcast now. <laughs> Bleeping Marine? I mean, I don't know how you would market that. But there's these moments, right? So, I'm a U.S. Marine. I'm eight years in the Marine Corps. Reserves. Who cares? I'm a Marine. Through and through, I think that way, I talk that way, I act that way. This is my deal. I don't curse at home because of respect to my wife and my kids. But I said this thing in this moment, and she was like, I don't even care. That's just funny. And it was this moment that we were talking about, this altruistic moment of within our relationship of saying, how great. And then life said this moment, and I, when he started podcasting, he told me to stop talking. And this is kind of where I stopped. So here you go. You're at 3.33. Go ahead. Such a weirdo. Go home, Danny. You're drunk. Don't go home. Stop. Especially if you're drunk, don't go home. Uh, no. What this... This is so funny because it ran together with what I was talking about right at the beginning of all this. Before we started tonight. I uh, podcasted out. I was talking about it earlier. Hey, listen in. We're going to be having this open discussion. But there's something about that. About that ability to just openly speak. It's a freedom. Uninhibited freedom, right? Well, as I talked about in mine, where I said it's this uninhibited, unabashed, this unhindered ability to just communicate with each other. Well, it's that in spite of differences, somebody else isn't going to, like, misinterpret who you are. Yeah, we're going to work it out. Like, figure it out. Like, I don't have to... I don't feel like in the midst of our conversations and arguments that I have to, like, backtrack and mince my words and, like... The issue I have over and over again is like explaining myself a hundred different ways to not come across as something I'm not, right? <laughs> oh, I'm not, you know, this person, or I'm not that person. I'm not, you know, an Antifa, or I'm not a racist, or like whatever it might be, you know what I mean? Like, I don't have to explain those things. Quick side note while Danny is uh, getting us some water, watching me shaking his head as he doesn't know what I'm saying about him. Um, I, these are just some of the greatest, I think, experiences of my life. That's not enough, Danny. There's no way that's enough. It's freaking to the top. It takes me way longer to fill that water up. To the top. Literally, you're drunk. And it's what I'm talking about. It's the fact that these can be the most open conversations. I wasn't raised that way, really. I'm a really reserved person. He was raised to be liberal. No, not even a little bit. That was a completely a joke. I'm so sorry. It's taken me a long time to figure out how to have these kinds of interactions, these very like open, honest types of like conversations, and like oh, yeah. accepting like jokes about like your your weaknesses. Like that's a big deal. Like, but in a way that's not just like being the like. You know, brute end of the joke, right? The bun of the joke. But that's, like, you you legitimately just brush past it just in in a means of conversation and in communication. And I think that's what I like so much about this. These aren't the only times I get it. Um, I'm really blessed to be somebody that gets this with... Um, now, I think, three of three brother-in-laws with Danny, who is um, married to Audra's sister. 
my wife's sister, mm-hmm. with Johnny, who you've heard in a previous podcast, who's married to my sister. Who's my real best friend. And um, now to Zach, who just recently married my younger sister. Um, Such a good dude. Like, I just can't believe how blessed, like, I feel like I am in that way, that I don't have those stresses or heartaches in that. Like, you guys are, like, it, like for sure you and Johnny are some of my best friends, are, like, my best friends. Oh, Zach will totally. And Zach is so much like, right, like, we already joke so much about the same stuff that it's not even hard. Like, the hardest part is the age difference, and that gets done really fast. And the age fact that, yeah, he's younger than Sean. What? Yeah. Wait, how old is he? Yeah, like I'm the only person that I know in my like circle of friends that's older than my wife. Oh, yeah, that's crap. I'm definitely younger than my wife. She hates that fact too. I'm sorry. Like the only one. I think with the exception of like Stefan. He's like six months older than his wife. Like barely. Aaron yeah, I know. Like not really much older. Aaron is way older than Shelby, like two years. I think. Two I'm two years older than Audra. That's not way older. Time. Not even. That's not. My mom is four years older than my father. By the way. That's a lot. That's not a weird thing to me. Yeah. I my my very first boss, a guy that I worked with for a long time, went to church with for a long time, dude. I have a lot of respect for. Is twelve years older than his wife. That's hard. He but... met her when she was eighteen. He's thirty. He's your age, meaning an eighteen-year-old. 19-year-old, excuse me. Wow. And going, wow, she's the only one that's six foot something. I can see her over the rest of the crowd. They're both like six foot six, by the way. I am... Um, and they legitimately are in love to this day. Yeah. Age is nothing but a symbolic number. Uh, uh, to an extent. To an extent. <laughs> to an extent. To an extent. Pardon my expression. To an extent. I think those were the famous last words of Milo Yiannopoulos. What? Never mind. So, I think that, uh, you know, I don't even know where this digressed. By I'm way, glad that this is like, like the end of the conversation. Beer, five beers into this. We miscounted. Like, like two? We miscounted Danny's beers. We apparently were counting one of his as one of mine. I still don't believe it. I think I drank it and didn't even know he drank it. And we realized that I've been because talking this whole time. You don't even know what you're talking about. And that. So I'm so glad that it ends on this note. Um, Thanks for listening tonight. This is just a portion of the conversation. If you want to hear more about this stuff, please let us know. In fact, you can call in. Is there something that we missed that you feel like you want to hear more about? Is there uh, like a conversation that you think you want to hear us talk about? Is if you want to continue, I'm going to start podcasting on my channel as well. There you go. Call in. Let us know. We'd be happy to hear about it. Thanks for listening, guys. I appreciate it.